0: So um, so really what I want to do today is, is um, look at, uh, the, and I've called it the title of it, What Voice Are We Listening To? Because it's, um, we're living in a time where there's a lot of voices out there. And so um, what we want to do now is read this one here, verses uh, 1 John 4, 1 to 3. It says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you will know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. And that's, that's the word I'm getting to. Which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. And so that's the bit I want to I zoom in on here today a little bit first. And remember, this is the problem. The solution is coming. And it says, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Now, John said this, about 2,000 years ago. And so the Antichrist was in the world then. And so we, we know that um, the Antichrist was there then. The John is the only one that uses the word Antichrist in the Scriptures. And he uses it five times in, in 1 John and 2 John. And, and it's like, um, so the Antichrist is in the world... Then, what does antichrist mean? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that one out, does it? Antichrist means it's against Christ. But the dictionary meaning for antichrist is a person or a force opposing Christ or the Christian church. And I thought, oh, it's two meanings. And so, for the, for the you know, we understand like, like a person, an antichrist person has to be someone with huge influence. It's like if you're not really have, have much influence with anybody or anything, you're not going to be a very good Antichrist. So a person of the Antichrist has to be someone with huge influence. Over the years, someone like Hitler was seen as a, a possible Antichrist, and I guess what he did prove that he wasn't, he was definitely Antichrist, but was he the Antichrist? And then people, like, um, people say that the Pope has huge sway and influence over you know, a lot of the world. They could make a very good Antichrist, not saying that he is. Then you could say someone like the American presidents, they have a lot of influence uh, over over people and you know, nations and that as well, just because of their position in the world. And not saying that the American presidents are necessarily the Antichrist either. Uh, Donald Trump is not the Antichrist. He's just not. Okay? <laughs> he has a little bit of influence, but he's, he's fun. Okay. So, if we go back a little bit further we find out that the Antichrist was in the Garden of Eden, right at the start. When, when God created man, he put them on earth, in the Garden, and who was there? The devil. The devil, or the serpent, is the Antichrist. And so he was there right at the start. So it's like, are we aware of it? Often we think, oh, we're waiting for the other. One day there's going to be the Antichrist. No, he's already here. The spirit of the Antichrist is already here. And so here was um, Adam and Eve in the garden, and then what voice were they listening to? They were listening to God. They were communing with God. They were naming the animals. They were having a great time until the serpent went, psst, 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 psst. A bit like that. Psst. Hey, 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 hey! Surely, surely, you know, God doesn't mean it. You could eat off the tree, and, and it'll be all right. You'll just know what God knows. And what happened? They listened to that voice, and by listening to that voice, they end up getting taken out of the garden. And now life just got tough. And if we look at 2 Corinthians 11:3, 3, it says this. this. is the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. Eh? I'm really really getting into it. It's pretty, it says it pretty bluntly. And the next bit I'm going to show is really blunt. But now I'm afraid, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's clever lies, your thoughts may be corrupted, and you may lose your single-hearted devotion and pure love for Christ. See, Adam and Eve had that. And then they go and listen to the enemy and listen to the wrong voice and they, they, they lost their single-hearted devotion. Now they were sort of torn between you know, loving God and having to work the tails off to make it happen. So what does the spirit of the Antichrist look like? And now I, I went through the Passion Translation because it really says it quite bluntly. And so, so let's have a look. So in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 to 5 says this, but you need to be aware that in the final days the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the, for the people of God, people will be self centered, lovers of themselves, and obsessed with money. They will boast about great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families, they will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, false news. Slaves of their own desires, they will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint, bigoted and warped in clouds of their conceit. They will find the delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of a loving God. They they may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. Well, that was a mouthful. Isn't that crazy? But the bit that... That got my attention is in, in verse 2. It says people will be self-centered and lovers of themselves. And that's where it all flows from. When we, when we pull away from God, we think, I can do this. You know, I mean, I've, I've got kids. You know, I get to a certain age where it's like, I can do it myself. And we want to push our parents away because now we're big enough to do this ourselves. And this is what we're like now, you know, in in society. We, you know, it's like we're Christians or whatever. But hey, I don't need you, God. I can do it myself. And God's saying, "Hey, I can do it with you. I can do it for you. I can be in this journey with you." So what's flying out is that was what I want. It's what I want. It's what I need. It's my convenience, me first, my rights, my life, my choice. And you see, the problem with that, there's a lot of me in it. It's a lot of what I want. And, and we see that, you know, Jesus, he gets water baptized. And then he comes out of that experience and then he goes to the wilderness for, what, 40 days and 40 nights. And who was there? The Antichrist, the devil, was there. And Jesus, you know, he was there trying to have that time alone, getting ready for ministry. And the devil comes to him and says, hey, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. I'll give you. Hey, actually, actually, the devil says, I will give you everything if you would bow down and worship me. And Jesus goes, no, no, get away from me. You have, you know, and, and he told him where to go. The problem is we're not like Jesus. The problem is if the devil came to us, now look, the devil doesn't come to us with horns, you know, and we think, oh, I'm talking to the devil. You know, we got these ideas, these thoughts, oh, I might do these things myself. What happens is if we were in that situation, we wouldn't probably see it as the devil. We'd just think, hey, so hang on so we'd dabble in it. What's in this for me? Oh, money. Yeah, rich. I, you mean I get, oh, that's pretty. What about property, you know? Property, oh, yeah, it's cool. And, and we would actually go so far down that track that we think, man, I could. this is a good deal. This is a good deal. But what voice are we listening to? Jesus was listening to the voice of his Father. He says, no, be away with me. I've got everything. I've got all authority. Why would I take your authority that you're offering me? Why would I do that? But sometimes we can listen to the wrong voices and we can think, oh, okay. I know what I'm doing. Sometimes we don't know what we're doing. Sometimes, have, how many people have had people speak into your lives, hey, don't do this, it's not a good idea. And you just say, hey, and you do it anyway. You normally come unstuck fairly quickly. So the Antichrist theme is backed up in, like in Timothy there, but it's also in Peter, Jude, Thessalonians, Corinthians, and Revelation. So it's not like we're saying, oh, the Antichrist is not really that big because it's only in John. Or one John, one and two, Second John. It's not. It's actually referred to quite a lot, and it's always saying, like in in um, Matthew 24:44, it's always saying, "Watch out!" It says, "Therefore be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect." See that the voice that we can listen to can say, "Hey, look, it's not really going to happen. It's quite a long way away." You know, "Hey, look, he's not really going to come right now." Is he, and it's like we stop watching. We stop being very careful about how we do our lives because we think we've got tons of time. Maybe we haven't got as much time as we thought. Remember the story of the ten virgins? Five of them had plenty of oil. They were ready. So when the bridegroom turned up, they were ready. They were ready to go. Yep, we're here. We're ready. Five of them ran out of oil. Ah, give me some of your oil. I says, no, mate, I've got enough for myself. So they shoot out to get some more oil, and they missed the bridegroom. And it's like, man, if we're listening to the wrong voices, yeah, we think we've got plenty of time. Maybe we haven't got so much time. Anybody recognize this person? The name's up there, so it's pretty easy. Anybody hear this guy speaking? Yeah, I knew the few. Barry Smith. Now, Barry Smith is Dre. He was an older generation guy that um, was back in my time when I was alive and you weren't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to put some color into it, and I went to Weta Studios. Now, Barry Smith was a, um, an evangelist, but his speciality was end-time preaching. And so I just got saved. I'm 19 years old, and all my mates and that are going along to this um, yeah, crusade or whatever. And uh, they say, oh, do you want to come? This Barry Smith guy's. he's really good, he's really good. And so I go along to hear Barry Smith. Now, this guy, here was, he was an amazing communicator. And because he was speaking on end times, it really got my attention because I knew, knew nothing about end times. And he was talking about um, the Antichrist even then. He's, I think he's been dead for a while now. But he was talking about the Antichrist, and he was talking about someone like Henry Kissinger. Watch out for him. I don't know what Henry Kissinger's even done. I think he's still alive. He's 97 now. But, and I haven't seen him as, rise up as the Antichrist. So he got something wrong occasionally here. But then he talked about the number 666 being the, you know, the, the number of the beast and you know, the devil's number. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, 666. And then I get a tag number allocated to my farm. And it was 3421666. And I thought, oh, the mark of the beast is on my animals now. And so I tried to get my tag changed because I just hated the fact that I had 666 on my tags. And it's still there now, but I don't have cattle born on my place, so I don't have to buy tags with 666 on it anymore. But anyway, but this is how it stirred me up. It really got my attention. I'm like, mate, this is scary. And then he was talking about boss cards and cashless societies. Oh my goodness, how many people have written out a check in the last two years? Okay, can I have a look at your age? Yep, <laughs> yep. Anybody under the age of 50 written out a check in the last two years? <laughs> exactly. He was talking about the cashless society. And I'm thinking, how is that going to happen? Cash is almost a hassle now. You go to pay cash. It's, oh, you give me cash. Why don't you just give me your card? Slip-flop, you know, pay, wa- pay wave. So, so he was talking about this and it was like, man, cashless society, that's really bad. And with that card, they can tell where you've been and where you've been spending stuff and they can all this stuff. And so that's a, I can't believe that could happen. Well, it's happening now, isn't it? And then he talks about chips being inserted in us, you know, like the mark of the beast, and, and that's how it's going to happen. And, and the thing that's scary bit that he, that about that, he said um, that New Zealand was a great example of a test case country if they were going to do it, because we've got secure borders. We've got a lot of water around us. And so we can put chips in everybody and just see how it works in New Zealand. If we could do all our ETHPOS trading and everything, because, you know, we're just a small country of five million people now, it'll be easy to do. So oh, that's not going to happen. They've done it to our dogs. So what next? Let's just convince the people that, hey, this will be so much easier than losing your card. Yeah. The thing is, it did two things for me. (laughs) The first thing, it freaked me out. Because, you know, I had plans. I I wanted to get married. I wanted to have children. I wanted to have a life. I actually even was looking forward to retirement and having more time and having grandchildren. and, And now... And when this guy's speaking, he was so convincing that, man, he, and I think he said, within the next 10 years. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. It's going to happen in 10 years. I am not going to get married. And what's the point in having children? Because they, um, it's, it's not going to be for long enough. And so here I am, I'm in this, in this horrible space of, of like, ah. And then it's like, Ryan, if that's to happen, I'm going to cancel my insurance money. You know those insurance policies that you put a bit of extra in so that at the end there's a, um, a maturing date where you get that money back. And that's when it's, when it's going to be 60. And so I cancelled my insurance policy because I thought, well, it's not going to get there, so what's the point in putting money into it? In four years' time, I could get a payout and go and do a cruise to Alaska. I'm going to miss out because of Barry. Dang it. But anyway, I didn't spend all that money with it anyway. You will know them by their fruits. Matthew 7, 15 says this. Beware of false prophets who come uh, to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. What about this one? Acts 20, 29, 30 for I know this that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not spearing the flock. Also, from from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away a, 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 the disciples after themselves. Now, the interesting thing is, people on the outside. We expect it from the outside. You know, it's like when you go to war, you expect the attack to come from not you, from outside. Yeah. You're looking over the hills, and it's like, okay, the attack is coming from here or there. But this last scripture says that there will be people rise up amongst you. That is scary. That is like, no. Who is it? Who's doing it? You know, I'm going to listen to you. And imagine living with that distrust, like, who is it? Who is it? I've seen people. I've seen some people leave um, a church. I can think of a couple that left the church to start their own thing. It wasn't a bad thing, but they took a bunch of people with them to do um, sort of their God thing a bit different from what was happening. And it was amazing that this person. I didn't think they even a leader, to be honest. But they still took a bunch of people with them to do their own thing. And it's like, wow. Wow, that's crazy. Just imagine, you know, sometimes a voice that you think, you, you, that you trust and you respect all of a sudden rises up and people go with them. And that's, you know, often where you get church splits and things. So, But enough of that. So what voice are we listening to? And now, that, that, that's the problem. So phew, I'm off that one, Warren. That's it. That's a problem. You get it? Did I make it sort of real enough that there's a problem? There's an antichrist spirit in the world that is trying to take our attention so that we don't give our attention to God. So now we want to look at the solution. Now, if if we look at um, 1 John three twenty four, So this is the end of Mike's chapter. So I just grabbed this here because it just snuck in there. And it was sort of in my block. So I I just grabbed this. I hope you're okay with that. It says, "Now who keeps who who keeps his his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit in whom he has given us." And the word that actually jumped off the paper to me is the word "abide." He who abides in him, and he in him. So when we abide in God, he abides in us. Now I go to my chapter and we go from verse twelve to sixteen. Just listen to how many times the word "abides" used in this lot. Says no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. There's a few abides there. Okay, okay. this is all in the same chapter as we're talking about the Antichrist. There is a point to this. There's a sandwich here. There is a, he's, he's pointing about the importance of abiding in him, the end of chapter 3, and then, then he goes straight in to beware of false prophets and the Antichrist, and then he goes straight back in and says abide 10 times. I don't know how many times, heaps of times. And it's like, hey, we've got to listen to that. It's that the, the two outside bits sandwich. The problem with the solution so abide means to be to remain stable fixed in position to continue in a place to stay you know I, often we just want to move because I'm uncomfortable so I will move instead of staying to wait in expectation okay there's a picture there. That young fella's Eli. He is the pastor the son of the pastor that we were helping over in America when we were there for our 5 months or 7 months that we spent over there. And that picture is Eli, but the picture has nothing to do with Eli. He was just there when I took the picture of the tree. So anybody know what that tree is? <laughs> do you know what's happening to that tree? There we go. Here we go. We've got an American in the house. That is the mistletoe bush. Now, the tree itself is an oak tree, but the mistletoe tree bush it stays green all year. So when the oak loses its uh, leaves, the mistletoes stand out. In the, in the summer, when the oaks are green, you don't really see them so much. They're just there. Now, I, I, I took this photo for this exact purpose. I thought there's a sermon in this. And then when I was looking at this here, I thought, ooh, I know I've got a picture from an American trip that has the uh, the mistletoe bush on the tree. So, okay, the mistletoe bush cannot exist in its on its own. It needs a host tree. And so everywhere you go around where we were, all the oak trees, or a lot of the oak trees, had these, sometimes just a couple of mistletoes in them. This tree was plastered, just had heaps of them. And it's like the mistletoe only survives if it's got its root down into the sap of the oak tree. You see where I'm going? When we abide in God, we are like the mistletoe bush, that its root goes down into the tree. Our root goes down into Jesus. And, and if we get cut off the tree, because they can go and enhance these trees and help them out, they can cut the bushes off, the mistletoe will die because it can't live off the tree. I thought, man, what an amazing plant! It needs a host tree, and the thing is, it has to have the right tree. So sometimes, we, you know, like like we connect to the wrong things. Man, I'm going you know, to connect to you know, the, the financial markets, we've got it's the wrong tree, guys. You will a lot of people die there unless you're good at it. We've got to connect to the right tree. You know, like this pine trees and spruces and willow trees? There is no mistletoe on any of those trees. It's only on the oak trees. And so the truth that we live by is only on the, uh, only in, in, in God. There is no other place to find the truth. So we're going to attach ourselves to God. There is no choice. John 15.5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Mistletoe, without the oak you can do nothing. You know, you think, how does the mistletoe get there? Okay, there's, there's, there's a point. Hey, hey, um, the CLDP team. I'm going to use a sticking point right now. We, we learned this the other night. Going to have a sticking point, but this is actually a, really a sticking point. The seed, uh, the, the the mistletoe tree bush, uh, has fruit and it's little wee berries that the birds love. So the birds hit those berries with ferocity. They love them, but the problem is it's really sticky. So when they're eating the, the berries, they, they eat so much, but the whole bunch of it gets caught on their beaks. And that's where the seed is. It's in the sticky. It's in the glue. And so the bird, out of irritation, up in the tree, wipes its beak on the bark. And you know what happens? The seed gets wiped off their beak onto the bark, and it sticks. It's like glue. It sticks to the branch. And it just sits there until the conditions are right, enough rain, it gets wet enough, that then finally it'll sprout, and the root will go down into the crack of the bark, into the sap and away we go we have got connection and i thought man we need to be a bit more sticky we really do need to be a bit more sticky you know there's i've seen i've got friends and family that have said oh i don't want to we don't do church anymore now because you know it's not really you know we want to have fun and it's like what voice are you listening to what voice are you listening to? Or or it says oh, yeah, I was a Christian once, but now, you know, it just seemed to be a lot of commitment and a lot of work and yeah, not really doing it anymore. And it's like, man, you guys need to become sticky. And if you're thinking here today, man, it's quite a commitment coming to church and be involved in stuff, man. Just make sure you're sticky. Stick to God. Stay in the tree. Because if you come off, if you disconnect, you will die. And the thing is that mistletoe, you know, we relate it to Christmas and going through doorways and getting kisses and hugs and things. I don't want you to think about a mistletoe tree of getting kisses and hugs anymore. You can do it. That's fine. But but think every time you think of a mistletoe tree, think of that as me. And i got to have my roots into God, that oak tree. All right? So mistletoe, I'm, I'm wrecking mistletoe for you. You know, wrecking it for you. Think of it as you. Without you being connected into the vine or into the tree, into God, you won't make it. You won't make it. You are not built for isolation. You are not built to do your own thing over here. We're we're built to be stuck on the tree and then have our roots go down into the tree. So how do we abide in him? So this is the how. And it is relatively simple because John says it many times. In that verse I read before, this is all the things that came out. 1 John 3, we'll just go to the end of 3. If we keep the commandments, He abides in us. Oh, that's simple. Just stop stealing stuff. Stop dishonoring your parents. Stop doing dumb stuff. Just honor the commandments. And then the Spirit of God can abide in us. That's simple enough, eh? Second one is verse 12 in chapter 4. If we love one another, God abides in us. And this is the thing, you know, you know we can we can actually... We don't have to be best friends with people to love people. Do you realize that? Sometimes I don't really like that person. I don't care if you like that person or not. You don't have to be best friends to have an attitude of love for people. You know, there's people here that we're here together not because we're all best mates. It's because we've got something in common, and that's our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we may not be best friends, and we're not best friends with everybody, are we? Anybody best friends with everybody? I'd like to be, but I fail on that one somehow. We are not here for that. We're here because we, and we can genuinely say we love one another because you are a brother and sister in Christ. So loving one another is very, very important for God to abide in us because God is love. I was in a, in a church where a guy left to go to another job outside of the district and he left the church and I was talking to him and he said, he says, oh, that church is fake. I didn't feel, ever feel cared for there. And I'm like, what? And just as I was about to argue the point, he says, it's only two people that I felt really cared about me. And I'm like, oh, crap. And he says, you're one of them. And I thought, oh, oh good. And there's only two. So I talked to a couple of people about it. And one person said, oh, I just can't be bothered with them. I just can't hang around them. I just, just oh, just, man, I just really struggle. He says, mate, this person needs to be loved. It says, they can feel the fact that you don't love them. You don't have to be best friends, but you do need to love them. Another person says, oh, who is he? I didn't even know that he came to our church. I said, what? He's been here for a year. You know, it's like, come on, we've got to love one another. Love is important. Verse 13, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, he abides in us. Well, that's pretty simple to understand. And I know of people that actually don't want to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, oh, no, no, I don't really want that. That's not really for me. I don't really do that stuff. And it's like, why not? That is like getting your roots down into God. It's like out flows stuff flows out. Look at Stefan, man, brother. He he had an encounter in a difficult season that's made him put his roots solidly into it. And that couple, Stefan and Lee, have come so far in such a short time, it's flipping incredible. And then we got Vanessa. Same deal. It's like a season has opened up where she's put her root into Jesus, and there's things happening around her life, which Craig's getting completely dragged into, which is so exciting is that when we get dragged into it or we get into it, what happens is that as our spouse or our partner gets dragged into it as well. And it's exciting what God's doing. But we need the Holy Spirit within us. You know, I love to see people, you know, like if if you're watching out for wolves and, and, and false prophets, you need the voice of discernment. The voice of discernment or discernment is a gift of the Spirit. And so we need the Holy Spirit. And it's like we we, we hesitate, you know, we think, Ah, oh, I can't speak in tongues, it's too awkward. It's not necessarily about speaking in tongues, it's about operating in the gifts of God. And so we need the Holy Spirit. And some of us just need to say, Hey, I want that. Pray for me. Well, ask God yourself as well. Verse 15 If we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, He abides in us. If we confess it, that's simple enough. Yeah, Jesus is my Lord, He is my God. Simple. Verse 16, he who abides in love abides in God. Can I have the music team up, please? He who abides in love abides in God. Now, what's that different from loving one another? It's like having an attitude of love, caring about everything, everybody, um, having you know, uh, eyes for, for, for um, people that need some attention or, or having a, a genuine love for God, which is that abiding love for God. Where we are, it's a serious, I am serious in my commitment for God. And so our love life in God is, is all compassing, all aspects of love. So much so that we can believe that healings will happen, miracles will happen because we just love God. So when we love God, you know, in, in, a, in a big picture situation, God abides in us. And in verse 18 it says, There's no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. I've seen... Mature Christians, I see today, I can name people right now. I'm not, not, not looking at you guys because you're, you're amazing. And these people are outside our church. So you don't have to look at your neighbor and wonder. But I see people that are caught up in fear. And it's like, there is something wrong with this picture. Where I see mature Christians going, Oh, vaccines, you don't want the vaccinations. You know, they'll have the mark of the beast, the chips in them. and oh, we, As Christians, we can't do this. Maybe we can't. But let's not worry about it right now. We will know when we need to know. And God will, will, will be our witness. He'll be the one that will speak into our spirit, to our hearts and say, you know, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, how evil it is, how not evil it is. But I see Christians so concerned about it that it's almost life has stopped because there will be no more overseas international travel because our lives are finished because I'm not going to get that vaccination for COVID and so therefore I'm staying in New Zealand. It's not a bad place to be stuck in but it I don't agree with the fear. And so it's when he says there's, there's no fear in love, love uh, perfect love casts out fear, that is any fear in us is not of God. How do we combat That is we abide in him. We get planted in him, get planted in him who he is because he will lead his children. He's not a father that will be neglectful. He's not going to go, oops, sorry guys, I forgot to tell you. We will know what is right when the time is right. We're just going to sing the song, Would you like to stand?